a leper came to Jesus and kneeling down begged him and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched him, and said to him, I do will it, be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately, and he was made clean. Then, warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. He said to him, See that you tell no one anything, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming to him from everywhere. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, today I thought we would talk about leprosy and sin. That's what you all came to hear about, right? Don't you like it when it starts out that way? One disgusting thing to another. If this is your first Sunday here, that's why I talk about every Sunday, leprosy and sin. No, don't believe it. Well, it'll be sunnier next week. I'm not going to be here, so someone else can. They'll probably come in and happen to do the same thing by pure happenstance or something. Leprosy. Okay, well, but we do want to talk about it because it's, I mean, it's a major, it's a significant motif in Scripture. Leprosy, that is, and sin, both. And um, they're, they're often tied together in Scripture, the way they're, they're presented. Uh, uh, right now, what we just read is just one little paragraph of two full chapters in, Levit- in Leviticus of what God was telling Moses to do with lepers in the camp. And it was, it was when someone, they're, they've gone through the Red Sea, they're out in the desert, and now it's the community. And so like, well, how are we going to organize ourselves? There's no CDC out here, so who's going to tell us what to do with these, these lepers, and how are we going to handle that? And so God gave them certain instructions that actually ended up being kind of point on from a medical standpoint, and I want to go into that just a little bit. Um, so, um, so it's in Leviticus. Um, Moses' sister gets struck with leprosy after she complained. Uh, she criticized uh, Moses uh, really hard, and, and God struck her with me- leprosy. And so, but then she went outside the camp for seven days according to the, the rules, and at the end of seven days she was healed. She comes back in. She's, everything's all good. Uh, in, uh, in the second book of Kings, Naaman the Syrian, he's like from another country. He's a general of an army, and he hears there's this... There's this uh, wise man, a, a prophet in Israel, so he goes and he meets Elijah, and Elijah tells him to bathe seven times in the Jordan River, and he follows the rules, even though he was kind of complaining about it, and he pop, comes out and he's completely healed. And then, like, what, what we just, this is not the only passage in the New Testament, what we just heard. There's several where there's lepers and they're being healed, and, and it's like one of these major spectacular things, because they had to stay, their life was really rough. They had to stay outside the camp, they had to stay away from everyone. They had to cover their face and have these rent garments and, and be uh, impure, impure, or unclean and is what they would have to, to shout. So now from a from like a, a scientific standpoint, I mean leprosy, that's still that's a real thing and it's it's exists still today. There was in the year twenty twenty two, there was let's see, one hundred and thirty six cases reported in the United States. It still exists. Um, there is 174,000 cases in the world, 
And um, since 1985, there has been 16 million people cured of leprosy. So it's a serious thing, it's, uh, and it's real, existing today. It's a bacteria, not a virus, a bacteria. And, uh, and so the bacteria will get into your system, and then it, the way we hear about it, like a, here in uh, where we actually, the, where, where most of us have contact with leprosy is through the scriptures, not physically. So you hear about it there, and you associate it with this skin, uh, this, this skin disease. But it doesn't stop with the skin. It actually also can attack your eyes, your nerve endings, uh, mucous membranes, uh, kidneys, uh, compromise your immune system. It, it does a lot. Uh, and so, so how do you get leprosy? How did they get it? How can I, how can I get it today? Not that I'm looking for it, but the, it's, it takes prolonged contact over a period of time of months with somebody who already has it. I don't know who is the first person ever to get it, but anyway, so it's got into the, got into the community and, and it's, it spreads through droplets. It doesn't spread through like the physical contact. If you shake someone's hand who has leprosy, you're not gonna get it that way. You need to be living around them and breathing in the air. It kinda sounds like COVID, right? You've got, you've got these uh, little droplets uh, being aspirated out. Funny thing, in the Old Testament, what do they tell the lepers to do? Cover your face. <laughs> Looks like it actually works, or it could help, at least help it from, from spreading. So the thing is, the way leprosy as a bacteria, it would get into someone's system, it, it, that's the way it does today, and it incubates, get this, for two to five years for one particular strain, and there's another strain of leprosy that incubates for eight to 12 years. That means you've been infected a long time and it's growing ever so slowly, ever so gradually, and the bacteria is multiplying, spreading, and getting in, in, the, in your body before it actually really starts to, to manifest itself in a, in a, physical, in a physical way or start to feel the, the symptoms of it. By the way, this was all, it took me, a, I don't know, about like a half hour going back and forth with chat GPT. Like say, hey, well, how do you get leprosy in intelligence? So it's great, great resource there. It, um, it creates uh, some of the, the, initial, the initial effects, numbness to the skin. So you, you lose your sense of touch. And so before it like, even gets, gets other things that are coming out, like other lesions and so forth, you start to have this numbness in your skin. Uh, it can, and when it gets in your eyes, it can start to create blindness. Little by little, it starts to affect, and, and, and your, your eyesight uh, starts decreasing. It can lead to deformities of the limbs. Your, uh, I mean, it's like almost like a Monty Python joke or something like that, when, when limbs like fingers start falling off. Hey, whose finger? Oh, sorry, that was mine. It's, a, it's like that. That was what would happen with leprosy. It could actually not only deform, but then like the, the, the appendages can die, and and fall off, and you wouldn't know because you can't feel it. There's uh, the deformities of limbs, the face. I mentioned the kidneys can get uh, um, uh, affected. In, for, for treatment, uh, there's, you cannot get over it. Once it's gotten that far along, you cannot just get over it naturally. There's not a, just like, like your immune system just like really kicks in. It's not like, a, like a, a virus or something where your, your body is able to fight it off. 
and there's really no known homeopathic cures that work. I was asking chat GP, GPT about that, like, hey, how, is there any other homeopath? And, it, and all of a sudden, it, chat GPT started getting really worried about me and said, hey, man, if you, got, if you think you might have this, go to the doctor. You don't want to mess with this stuff. Uh, 1940s is when the first cure, and now it's a, it's a multi-drug pack that you take, and it can get cleared up in about six months or so, so it's not, it's not so bad. But in biblical times, as what we were listening to there, is that uh, you would have to separate yourself out from the community. And there would be this distance between uh, all of your loved ones, completely remote. You'd live with other lepers. Now imagine in, uh, in, the, in the, the moment when the, from that first reading, they're, they're in the desert. I mean, that's already a rough place to be, and now you can't even stay inside the camp. Well, at that time, there were actual lions out there in that part of, uh, in that, that part of the, the Sinai Peninsula. There, there's, it's dangerous. You're much higher, or the quality of your life is, is just gonna, it's gonna plummet. The access to food and water and, and just the normal support of society was just taken away from you. So it's really serious. Now, when in scripture it's making this mashup of, uh, of, of leprosy in sin, obviously when that was done it didn't have the scientific understanding of it the way we would today, but it was adequate enough. Maybe there's some confusion with other things that weren't leprosy, there are other skin types of diseases, that's okay, that doesn't, uh, doesn't mute the point. But it's a, leprosy is a physical representation, it's an image, and an, an analogy for what sin does on a spiritual level. What leprosy could do from a physical level, sin does on a spiritual level. So how do you get this spiritual infirmity? Well, how about hang out with someone who's got it really bad and hang out with them and live and breathe their air for a period of several months? Well, guess what? That's going to affect you spiritually. I mean, so, sometimes, it, it maybe if you're particularly strong, uh, I mean, just classic thing, like, like someone who lives, someone uses tons of foul language and you're there around them constantly and they're just F-bombs like all day long. Like eventually, at one day, it's going to like probably like want to come out your mouth in a moment of frustration or something like that. And that, that's just a minor example. What about other examples? You fill in the blank. I'll let you, I'll let you all do that. So, not that's the only way you, quote, catch sin. It's not just through the example of others. Because guess what? We all happen to have it in our bloodstream. According to ChatBT, about 95% of people are actually immune to leprosy. They never, they can have it in their, in their blood because that's where the bacteria gets. It gets in your, your bloodstream. Well, we've all got sin in our bloodstream, so to speak, and as we call that original sin, and it's something that's kind of been passed down from generation to generation, going all the way back to Adam and Eve. It's a very apt uh, analogy. And it, and it can be in there and then suddenly kind of manifests itself or in some way in a moment of weakness, it kind of comes out and starts growing. It's like, well, where did that come from? I don't know. Well, I didn't do it. Like, how come, how come this is coming out of me? What was always in you? That's, what, that's what's messed up about us. We're all capable of doing that. It can be in there. 
and ever so slowly, gradually incubating from two to five years or eight to 12 years, incubating until just we get in a weak enough moment that starts to come out, starts to manifest itself. How? The same way as leprosy does, numbness. I don't feel as in touch with the world around me, the people around me, like pleasures and pains are, are kind of get flattened out. I, I don't even notice so if I set my hand down on something hot, I, I might not notice it immediately. Think of that in spiritual terms. You're in a place of spiritual danger or of, of the, the occasion of, of tripping up and you don't notice because it's been growing and you've become desensitized to it, numb. It can create blindness as we get really habituated and accustomed to certain things in our culture, in our own lives, in our workplace, in our families. We can become blind to like not even really seeing the things for what they are. Starts gradually and then starts to develop more seriously. It can lead to deformities, loss of limbs. It can affect your kidneys. There's, I was trying to think of a, a good analogy. It's like, you know how, like, obviously, there's, we're, from, our, from a physiological standpoint, when one thing, you get an infection in one place, it can affect the rest of your system. You know, uh, uh, just like a cold, like, send you, send you to, can even send for you for a bit of a spin. But, but sin can kind of do the same thing because it, if, if there's something wrong in my life, majorly, it's significant, it can start to have a psychological effect on me in the way I view the world. Start developing new thought patterns. And that, that's up here. That's not just a spiritual thing. It can be thought patterns that back up what the spiritual thing is doing. And guess what? Those thought patterns and uh, psychological things can begin to have physiological manifestations too. So now your body is affected. I, I forget if it was Abraham Lincoln or... Um, Oh gosh, who was the other guy? Um, ah, I forget his name. Uh, Huckleberry Finn, the author. Twain, and that's the second time I forgot his name from up here. I don't know why. Mark Twain. Is he, I forget which one it was. It said, but the, the saying was something along the t lines of like, by the time you're like 40 or whatever, you have the face you deserve. Because the life you live comes out in your face. That's why you, just, and this isn't being judgmental, you walk down the street sometimes and say, oh my gosh, that guy's done some hard living. And it's not been good living. It comes out. Now, like leprosy, which would separate an individual from the community, sin does the same thing. We like to think that my sin over here is just isolated. It's in this little bubble of this compartment of my life over here. That's not how sin works. You have one heart. You don't have 18. And okay, that one's infected, but the other ones are all good. No, you've got one heart. And so as it gets weakened in one area, it affects everything. And there becomes this, starts to become a, a distance with God. Not necessarily serious right from the get-go. It's just kind of like minor Okay, I wasn't really generous there. I was a little short with this person. I, um, I, I, I contemplated and then said the thing I know I really shouldn't have said. I mean, those aren't like grave sins. Those are, those are minor. 
but they're still sins. And we kind of feel this distance creating, starting to stretch out between us and God. Like it's just like, and it's not him leaving us, it's us leaving him. And those distances also start to happen in the rest of our relationships as well. So this area of my life, it, start, it, it will affect you at home. It's not like you can just like choose where, okay, I'm going to give my, my buddies and my, my, uh, my spouse and, and my friends. Not there, but over here, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll let loose over there. But no, no, it, it, affects every, it affects your ability to be open and sensitive to everyone, even yourself. That's what sin does. Okay, so where's the antibiotic treatment? Where's the soul treatment for sin? Well, as, you, as I think uh, most of you know, first of all, it is impossible just to recover from it just by sheer autoimmunity, like where it's just, okay, well, like, like there's no homeopathic cure for it. Like I'll just, like it gets really bad and I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll probably, if I just wait long enough, I'll get over it. No, you, you can't just excise it out, out of your heart just by, just by making the decision and it's gone. It needs treatment. It needs, you need a doctor. And if you ask chat GPT about what is the remedy for sin, I bet if you ask it the right way, it'll say, go to confession. Hopefully, I don't know, maybe that's been edited out, edited out of the system, but... But anyways, that's for another conversation. But that is the first and foremost, the primary way, confession. The leprosy there, what did they do? They went to the priest and they had to expose their, 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 their sores so that, that the priest could say, yeah, yeah, that is. No, no, that's not. And when you've been cleaned up, expose the places and say, no, you're clean now. That's what's happening in confession. You're exposing the sores and saying, I need these cleaned out. I don't want these. I reject them with my heart. And yes, they're mine. And what does the priest do? Does he chew you out? No. If they ever do, let me know and I'll go chew him out. But it's, you, you, got to, it's, you have to expose that so that the priest can heal you. It's, it's, forget it. It's not the priest's special superpower. It's, it's, this is our Lord choosing to use a broken, imperfect instrument. Your doctor that gives you the prescription doesn't have to have perfect health in order to be able to heal you. So sac- the, the sacrament of confession is the primary way. For, for lesser sins, and this is church teaching, some people don't realize this, that like for the venial everyday sins, just spending time in prayer is a way of purifying sins out. You got some of that bacteria in there? Well, spend some time in prayer. And the radiation treatment, call it that, and you just to, to switch analogies on you, goes and, and starts drying those things up. Receiving communion at Mass, presuming that you're, you're properly disposed to receive communion, that also purifies venial sins. I think the first time I heard that, I thought I had to go, uh, uh, the, for, for a period of my life, I thought you had to go to confession for every sin, and then like, there's no way of getting it out at all unless you went to confession. And then I heard that, well, actually, if it's not serious and you go to, go to Mass and you have the right dispositions and we have that act of contrition at the beginning of Mass, that it actually purifies out some of those sins. So pray. Ask our Lord for forgiveness. We should be doing that every time. And what begins to happen? Maybe you've experienced this too. Maybe after a really rough patch and and uh, or maybe a serious fall or something uh, and and you go to confession 
and you've been just feeling numb, blind, like you can't even really hear properly, your heart's not working properly, and you go to confession, it's just like, oh, I can, it's like my sense of touch just came back. I knew one individual, they, they, they said that after having gone through a really serious, very, very serious grave sin, they, they, they went um, over a prolonged period of time, they went to confession, and, and afterwards they, they said that I went and took a shower, and like literally, it was the first time I could feel the water on my skin. There, a real physiological change. That distance between God, the distance between those people we love and want to love, starts reducing. We're able to, to be near them again, and sensitive and open to them again and receive the love and not have this encrusted stuff in, in between us and them. So that's what we do with sin. And, and it's, it, like I said, it's just such a, a great analogy, a great image, and, and, and it really works out not quite on an exact on a one-to-one ratio, but it, it gets pretty darn close. And we're getting ready for Lent right now. It begins Wednesday uh, with Ash Wednesday. And so this period of fasting, penance, uh, sacrifices, and prayer is a beautiful time to draw closer to the Lord and to clean up this stuff and, just to, and to do a, a complete purge. There's another analogy for you. It's a, it's a water fast or, a, or like when there's, well, anyways. There's so much, and, and what happens then is we're just getting closer to God and it's the most joyful thing. And there, we, we see with new, cluck, new color and new clarity, there's just so many blessings that come for that. So I just really would encourage you all to, starting with Ash Wednesday, all the way through up till, till Easter, take it really seriously. Come up with, okay, this is how I'm going to present myself to the Lord for healing. This is how I'm going to present myself to the Lord for strengthening. This is how I want to learn to love better. Write it down on a card. Keep it in a... In the, uh, next to your, on your nightstand or something like that, so you see it before you go to bed in the morning when you wake up or in your Bible or something that you see often. Put a reminder that pops up on your, don't do it on work mail because you don't want that showing up for, but, uh, but do it uh, like in some, some way that, that if you want to keep it private, you can, you can do that. And I guarantee you, you will reap benefits for it, absolutely, just as we do when we take care of our health as we take care of our spiritual health, the benefits come probably a lot faster than you would even imagine. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.